five, four, three. And we're live. What's going on, San Antonio? What's going on, South Texas? My name is Mike Jimenez. This is the Alamo City Sportscast coming at you from West San Antonio, West Bear County. Represented, we're the home of the Alamo, home of the UTSA Roadrunners, and home of the Spurs Coyote. I, I love cut the it, comments I, already. <laughs> I cut it quick today. I walked in the door literally eight seconds ago. Well, yeah, and then you came up here and it was like five, four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, starting a new job today, so that's the Congrats. thing. I've been, I've been, I got promoted, and uh, so I've been busy with that today. So thank you for being patient with me. Usually we start around ten fifteen, but today yeah. we're getting to. 10 20 so i apologize for that people want to get into the conversation the about cover. lisa ann <laughs> comments free lisa all over the place superstar <laughs> porn star lisa ann was arrested in new york city this weekend obviously we'll get into that during the entertainment section of what we do we'll also get into the grammys because that was the best grammy show i have seen in years oh. something for everybody did you catch any of it joe I caught none of it because I was busy working, dude. Joe, if there is a replay, it was perfectly executed, brilliantly done. Wasn't boring. Dude, most award shows yeah. like the Oscars and the Emmys suck. Golden Globes suck. Yep. But Trevor Noah from The Daily Show, formerly of The Daily Show, set the tone early, man. What a great, great Mike was free, yeah. Lisa. That is why he's late. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, with our bail bonds person. Uh, there's also controversy about whether or not Taylor Swift snubbed Celine Dion oh, last no. night at the uh, Grammy. So we'll get into that. Hey, uh, what about well, uh, Jay-Z? You know, he was he got up on stage and he was kind of voicing his displeasure with Beyonce. Yeah, so Jay-Z, you know what? We normally do the sports first and then we do the pop yeah. culture. You want to do the pop culture first? Yeah, I'll go ahead and put the entertainment news. Might as well, let's, right? Let's do, let's, let's, let's do it in reverse today. All right. You know, I'm saddened, though. I didn't think about this till right now. I should have got us some little T-shirts that had the tuxedo print on it because <laughs> <laughs> of the Grammys talk. That's right. Last night was the 66th annual Grammy Awards uh, taking place at the Crypto in L.A. It also took place at the Sphere in Las Vegas when you, too, uh, presented an award as well. Shit, I, did you see, have you seen the ticket prices for those shows? For yeah, YouTube? it's like 1500 oh, for a cheap God, seat. Bro. But the Grammys were super exciting last night. So I was turning it on, and I had very little interest in watching the Grammys <laughs> last night. But I, it's a habit. I make sure to watch it. Yes. I turned it on. And I saw Trevor Noah from The Daily Show. Okay, he's funny. He's yeah. great. Good so, stand. So you had uh, you had your expectations were were a little bit higher then. Well, they they were low to start, and then I saw Trevor Noah there, and then he was hitting a point, dude. One of the best lines ever. I don't know if he had this in his back pocket, or if he did it on the spot, but he's going around showing the crowd, and apparently Taylor Swift showed up late, and she's walking through the room, and they're like, "Oh, there goes Taylor. There goes Taylor." And she sits down next to Lionel Richie, right? <laughs> and he goes, Trevor Noah says, the economic impact of Taylor Swift is so great that she walked by Lionel Richie and he became Lionel Wealthy. <laughs> it was a great line. I was like, holy crap. That was an A-plus joke. So uh, anyway, it was fantastic. And then you saw the, the first performers out there. Uh, 
Luke Combs, the country star, who came out with the song Fast Car, which was a big hit in the late 80s from Tracy Chapman. And a lot of people gave him grief about that because, you know, she is an R&B uh, soul legend from the late 80s. And, you know, you have a country singer who's going out there and singing a song that a black artist made popular way back when. Uh, Luke Combs has always said, hey, I'm just a big fan. I grew up with this song, yeah. so I had no problem with it. Uh, he goes out there and performs it with Tracy Chapman, and it was a duet back and forth. And the way that Luke Combs looked at her, he wanted approval from her. Yeah. He was in awe of her, and it was amazing. And then he go out there, SZA wins Best R&B Album, I believe is what it was. Yeah, Best R&B. And a, first of all, one seed. Nugget scissor, absolute nugget. It was, she was amazing last night, and yeah. you know what was great? She got the award from Lizzo. Like Lizzo was the one oh, who. Oh God, I hate Lizzo. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, Lizzo is, uh, you know, her music. I like some of it, right? Yeah. But Lizzo goes out there and presents the award, which was even more perfect because SZA goes up there and says, "Lizzo, you and I toured together in these small stadiums, these small theaters." With a hundred people there 10, 11 years ago. And he goes, We think about where we were 11 years ago, and now we're on the Grammy stage. And it was so great for her to go out there and say that. She almost, I'm gonna show a photo here of uh, her getting the award. Yeah, let me go ahead and show that. She was saying that she was changing, and she also was out getting a shot, take a, to take a drink a shot. And she, her category came up. So when they announced her as the winner, everyone's looking around for her because she wasn't at her table. So they're about to go to the commercial break, and she comes running on the stage from the side. She's being ushered to it. She was in the back changing because she was also one of the performers. Ah, okay. It was so much fun, and she she started crying. And then she looks around and goes, this is so surreal. And then she looks over and says, hi, Taylor. <laughs> and, and it was so funny because Taylor's there's like clapping for her, yeah. and she says it's so surreal, and then she sees her. Uh, that was amazing. Uh, Miley Cyrus goes on and wins uh, one of the major awards as well for the song flowers uh that was pretty interesting uh, you know miley deserves it though because she's been working hard as of late you know uh um, went through a breakup and all that not so long ago and look at man that didn't even stop the girl like she'd been doing her thing so like good for her man you know miley cyrus i i mean she's very very talented yeah but i just really can't take much of her but she goes on the her stage. shenanigans <laughs> is she attractive or not that's what i'm trying to figure out because miley cyrus as i'm showing video courtesy of why, CBS, why wouldn't she be goes dude? out there and performs flowers she's, she's cute she was trying to ad lib before the performance she mentioned that she doesn't perform this song live that this was only the second or third time yeah. that she had ever performed this song uh she goes out there and does a pretty decent job out there uh she won one of the major awards for uh best song as well uh Charlie Hernandez, by the way, our, our our stream is open, by the way. So our chat line oh, is open. That. Hell yeah. She Charlie is. Hernandez, like, you hell tell him, yeah. Charlie. You tell him. You know, uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Olivia Rodrigo goes out there, sings Vampire. Olivia Rodrigo, uh, young Filipina, uh, she'd won a couple of um, uh, Grammys the last time she was out there, uh, but didn't win this year. She was kind of shut out for all the main awards. Uh, but she goes out there and sang a performance where she has fake blood um, pouring down her arm uh, during the performance. Uh, it was a very haunting performance. She is beautiful. Absolutely stunning young lady. Uh, as you can see, she had beef in the past with uh, 
Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift out there singing along. I personally believe, and I did tweet this yesterday, that Taylor Swift knows the words to every single song out there because she was out there vibing with everything. Oh, is that BB? Uh, I don't think that was BB. I don't think that was BB. But uh, I, I was going to say, hey, hey. <laughs> Olivia Rodrigo uh, no uh, knocked out. There's the fake blood right there. Uh, Victoria Monet won Best New Artist. Uh, best song was a, oh. a ballad, Billie Eilish, with uh, What Was I Made For from the Barbie movie. Dude, they're being brutal with Miley right now, man. They're like, Miley looks old. And then Jonathan C. Miley Cyrus looks like Simple Jack from Tropic Thunder. Wow, wow, bro. Uh, best pop duo group performance, uh, Ghost in the Machine by SZA and Phoebe Bridgers. Okay. Um, Miley Cyrus was the winner for best pop solo performance, which is what she went up there on stage for. Uh, the big winner, though, of the night, there's a there's a big winner and a big loser when it comes to it. Uh, Taylor Swift won best pop album earlier, but then she also won a record for the best album, best best overall album. Yeah, and it was the fourth time she has won this award. The fourth time. That is an all-time record. She won for Fearless for 1989 for the album Folklore and now for the album Midnights. It's the first time in history that someone has ever won this award four times. She looked stunning in the white dress yesterday. No Travis Kelsey out there, uh, but this is the presentation here, again, courtesy of CBS. Uh, Taylor Swift getting the award for Best Album. Uh, she also took the time to say, by the way, I'm dropping a new album in April. And it shocked yeah. everybody because she was like, I'm on stage. I'm going to plug my own my own album commercial. By the way, here it is. This is what it's going to be called. Comes out mid-April. See you then. And everyone was just dumbfounded. That's smart marketing, though. You got the biggest stage right there with yeah. all the actors and you know performers in the crowd. Why not plug it? Now, the thing is, when she got this award off to the side, Celine Dion was the one who presented this award. Celine Dion mm -hmm. has been kind of out of the spotlight because of health issues. And everyone was like, I cannot believe that Taylor did not address Celine Dion. Screw you guys. This was Taylor's moment. It wasn't Celine Dion's moment. It was Taylor Swift's moment. The only artist in music history to win album of the year four times. This is her time. She doesn't have to thank everybody on stage. I don't care. I don't care if Celine Dion is sick or not. This was Taylor's moment. She went out there and did her thing. I think she won like three Grammys yesterday. Uh, Billie Eilish won one. Um, uh, now, there is somebody who was a big winner yesterday and also a big loser. Did you hear about Killer Mike? No, I didn't hear. They were they were referencing that in the chat. Okay, so Killer Mike won three Grammys yesterday, which is a great, right? I mean, for the for the rap categories out there, I mean, think about it. You know, you have three awards that you get, and, and there's photos of him holding all three trophies. Yeah. Then he gets arrested. At the Grammys. Oh, I saw that. I saw that on, on social media when I was looking at stuff we we're going to talk about today in the morning. Yeah. And I was like, what did he get arrested for, dude? Did he have like a warrant out or something? <laughs> no. He is accused of pushing a security guard. What? Or knocking a security guard down. At the Grammys? At the Grammys. Huh. And he was running out in the rain, allegedly. TMZ actually has video of this whole thing as far as uh, him uh, running around. Uh, trying to get get away from being arrested. Now he wasn't running from the cops; he was running yeah. from security guards. Uh, but Killer Mike won three Grammys. Now accused of battery. It's called a citizen's arrest because it was security guards that took him down. Uh, but he was being chased out of the uh, 
out of the complex over there. Man, that's crazy. Now, TMZ does say that they have no video. And, you know, TMZ gets video of everything, right? They have, they have video of, like, inside, outside, all that stuff. They say that they have no video of the push actually happening. Yeah. Now, Mario Cavazzo twitches out <clears throat> and says, Jay-Z was salty as fuck last night because Beyonce has never won Album of the Year. So, again, about an hour before Taylor Swift went on stage to break history by winning Album of the Year for the fourth time, Jay-Z goes out there and gets a uh, – the award that he got, it, it was kind of like like a – I don't know, like a – I guess you could say it's for all-time type of thing, uh, humanitarian type of an award. Um, he goes out there and he just completely criticizes the Grammy Awards for the history behind it. And it's weird because who would you think has the most – grammys of all time yeah the most grammys of all time with 32 is beyonce but jay-z going out there and defending his wife by saying look my wife has won the most number grammys. of grammys of all yeah. time but she's never won album of the year explain to me how <laughs> how you can be the all-time leader in grammy trophies but never win album of the year People thought that she got screwed over for the album Lemonade, and people will ask the question, well, who did she lose to in the past? Well, once she lost to Taylor Swift, she lost to Beck. Beck! From the 90s, Beck. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, so she's lost some awards in the past to, to artists that weren't as great as her. Uh, some good albums. She lost to Adele one time, and Adele, I mean, she kind of swept the awards that one year, and Adele's amazing. <clears throat> Yeah, she's, uh, she's, she's a talented singer as well. Uh, Jay-Z said a couple of things. First of all, he went out there and said that uh, he remembers back in the day when I believe it was uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, they basically boycotted the Grammys because the rap portion was not going to be televised. <laughs> That's and, odd. And, and he goes on and says <laughs> that he remembers he... Uh, also uh, did it as well, but went on to say that it's all subjective, you know, to say who is the best at art. Man, right? is that their daughter? That, that is their daughter. Wow, Beautiful. dude. And uh, there's uh, Beyonce right there, ready for the uh, Houston and San Antonio Stock Show and Rodeo. Yeah. Cowboy hat and everything. Cowboy hat. Yeah, the daughter, what's her name? Blue Ivy? Yeah. I remember when she was a little girl, dude. She grew up quick. Yeah. I was like, man. And it, it's it's uh, the, doc, the Dr. Dre Global Impact Award is what Jay-Z was uh, awarded for which was amazing um but it's it's funny because he got salty uh, he knew that taylor swift was going to break the all-time record you had to have known that why would you bring up album of the year and i mean taylor swift it's not like taylor swift went up against beyonce every single time they went up against each against each other i believe just once so it's not like taylor swift's been beating her every time it's been one time. She lost to Adele. She lost to Beck. She lost to other artists. Yeah. I think it's kind of funny. Then he had an 80-year-old Joni Mich Mitchell perform. I didn't even know Joni Mitchell was alive. Damn. But she she did a very haunting performance out there uh, at the Grammys. She was uh, – um, they had a teleprompter for her. I, I, I will <laughs> let you know. They had a teleprompter up for her, but she was out there singing all folksy. Wow, man, look at that. She did amazing. But again, uh, when they were panning the camera around, you can tell that, oh, Dua Lipa, good God, one seed, nugget. <laughs> Dude, Dua Lipa, 
<laughs> Holy crap, that might be the hottest woman in, in, in all of music right oh now. Oh my god, Mike. Do I have to play it back? <laughs> no, man. She's she's cute. She's cute. Girl. She was a model before she yeah. became a singer, you know. Joni Mitchell did fantastic. You saw Stevie Wonder perform. Uh Billy Joel performed uh, a new song. Uh there was a Tina Turner uh uh type of performance yeah, going on there. They have a musical going on around the nation with Yeah, her. they were yeah. honoring Tina Turner so we saw in a, a Joni Mitchell nobody could complain. If anybody today is complaining about the Grammys, they're just haters. <laughs> because there was something for everybody cuz oftentimes you watch the Grammys and you think, "Uh oh, I don't I don't recognize any of the musicians. I don't know anybody out there." Uh uh Carol G won uh, 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 a Grammy out there gave a presentation. Carol G. Yes, yeah. she went out there and she looked amazing. By the Look way, look at this man. The the comments have me laughing. Mike, Mike, Matt Lerma says Mike is like a squirrel. Squirrel, you know. And then uh, Charlie Hernandez says, "Simmer down, Jimenez, because you're talking about Dua Lipa." Oh yeah. <laughs> but uh, there's uh, Carol G. Winning her first Grammy last night. Nice. She was beautiful and. Uh, she, they all talked about how surreal the moment was and how like they've been working for years that there was no such thing as an overnight success and she looked amazing uh, I loved her acceptance speech um, earlier in the day uh, one of my favorite bands uh, Paramore uh, won uh, two Grammys for alternative music what's as well. the lead and, singer's name that's your girl right uh, Haley, Haley Williams yeah. that's my girl uh, but Paramore goes out there and there's my girl Haley there she is. Is she considered a one seed? Yes, to me she is. It's all it's the entire package. It's the looks, it's the personality, it's the artistry, it's her pipes. She's amazing. And she Look looks at, different every time that she's out there. Mario Cavasso says, show do a leap of dancing, Mike. Oh, she can't dance <laughs> for crap. Yeah, I've seen the levitating video. Do a leap can't dance for crap. She she don't need to, bro. <laughs> Uh, no, but she, but uh, uh, Paramore winning for best rock album, also for best uh, uh, alternative performance as well. The album This Is Why, the song This Is Why, which by the way, it's one of the greatest songs they've ever had. And I've been a big fan of uh, Paramore forever, but uh, yeah. congratulations to Haley Williams as well. So that's amazing. I enjoyed last night's Grammys. No one has any right to bitch about it. It was there was no politics talked about at all at the Grammys. Yeah, everyone got their awards. We saw a lot of Taylor Swift because, well, hey, it's music, and she is the biggest star in music right now. Uh, so I was excited for for her to win her awards. Yeah. Uh, I I was excited also that not everybody won. Like there wasn't like that Adele moment where she's walking out with ten Grammys, or a Beyonce moment where she's walking out with ten Grammys. Yeah, it's like oh, well, here's one for Billie Eilish. Here's one for SZA. Here's one for Paramore. They're Here's going one, all around. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then a lot of female artists were out there uh, uh, nominated. It was like four women and one dude in basically all of the uh, major categories out there. Oh, my goodness. What a great, great show the Grammys were. Haley Williams. You know, my wife my watched mind. it. She was watching and she was telling me this was a good Grammys. You missed out on a good show. I'm like. I'm working, <laughs> you know, I'm working. <laughs> She's like, no, she was telling me too. She, you know, hey, it, it was pretty good. I was like, okay. And you're telling me the same thing. It's like, maybe I got to go back and watch it. it. It is worth it all for the performances out there. I mean, uh, I, I really enjoyed Olivia Rodrigo. Um, and I'm not a big Olivia Rodrigo fan at all. Uh, but it was something that I could watch with my daughter. 
My daughter was excited to go see Olivia Rodrigo perform. Oh, the younger one? Yeah. Your younger daughter? And uh, here is uh, Trevor Noah doing his thing. He yeah. was the perfect host. The perfect host. And, and he's such a pro at what he does. And oftentimes you'll see like these award shows where they get stand-up comedians who this is not what they do. They don't host talk shows. They're used to tearing up, tearing people up in the audience, you know? Right. Yeah. And well, th this was a funny scene right here. Okay, this was great. So he was talking about how a lot of people bitch about Taylor Swift being shown at NFL football games. He goes, well, here we are at the Grammys. Let's show a football player. And he refers to Terry Crews from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, <laughs> who used to be a football yeah. player. And he goes, we're going we're gonna to do a, a three-second shot of a football player. And Terry Crews had no idea that he was on. <laughs> and he was startled. <laughs> he was like, what the hell is going on? Oh, God. oh my goodness. We have done all that. Okay, so are we going to go to sports now, or are we going to be talking about Lisa Ann? Well, we could go ahead and go. We're, you know what? We're on the subject right now of entertainment. Might as well talk about her. All right. Why not? All right. So uh, there is a porn star out there named Lisa Ann. She is famed. <laughs> uh, according to TMZ, she is retired. Uh, but there is video of her on TMZ.com of her being arrested. I believe this is at Radio City Music Hall it in is. New York City. And this is at a comedy show for Matt Reif. So Matt Reif, very, very, very famous comedian. Uh, a lot of women like him because he became big on social media, big on TikTok, Instagram, <clears throat> all of that stuff. Huge following. And long story short, uh, he's kind of got on a favor, kind of semi-canceled because of a special he did on Netflix where he was trying to – oh, do I have to – What's going on here? Uh, TMZ.com providing some nice footage here of her assets. Damn, Mike. Like, you woke everybody up there. <laughs> They're going to, like, go on? Uh, go on. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and exit off of this. I'm uh, like, hey, what are, what are uh, we doing, you, man? There you go. Let's, let's, let's backtrack here. But Lisa Ann, again, arrested. Now, she says – that she was being arrested for no good reason. <laughs> she says it was because she brought her phone out. And uh, he, she's out, he, you know, she says, well, I brought my phone out. That's why I got arrested. Uh, but others are saying, authorities are saying disorderly conduct, uh, that she might have been too drunk out there. She doesn't look drunk. I mean, she might be drunk, but she's not fall over drunk. Yeah, they accused her of using her phone. So apparently at this at this show, you can't use your phone for any of the taking pictures, any videography, any of that stuff, any videos. So somebody apparently t told the security there that she used her phone and she was adamant that she did not use her phone. And they gave her a choice to either go to some hospital or something like that or get arrested. So she she got arrested and was escorted out the building. Wow. And this is who she went to go see, Matt Reif. So who's a big time uh, superstar comedian. Uh, again, kind of gotten all fallen out of favor because he did a very touchy subject joke on a Netflix special. Uh, interesting. Uh, Mario Cavasso says, uh, Mike, seriously, how many pairs of socks and lotion do you go through watching Lisa Ann? <laughs> well, first of all, there's no E in Ann. Okay. Oh, my God. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Next topic, next subject here. <laughs> You can go ahead and you have your choice of topics. You have now. Chris Devin Gonzalez says that this was a bit. She was not really arrested. Well, I mean that was NYPD taking her out. So unless they were in on it, or unless they were the stripper cops out there, I don't know what this has been. <clears throat> she did get arrested, by the way. It was real. It wasn't 
a bit. They escorted her out. She got arrested. She did go to jail. I don't know if she posted bail. I would assume somebody took her out. She has friends, you know? Yeah, you know, that's interesting. Now, I, I, I heard a story the other day, and tell me if this is true or not, because since we're on the topic of Lisa Ann. Yeah. I saw a story over the weekend. Someone sent me a link, and I don't know if it's true or not, but did All Stars close? I don't know, dude. I mean, who's been to any of those places, strip clubs in years? I mean, after the city ordinance, which, you know, the emperor himself, uh, Nelson Wolf, had put in place with the other, you know, councilmen. I mean, it, it just wasn't the same anymore, you know? So I doubt if anybody's even going to these places anymore, Mike. If it closed down, it was to not not much fanfare. Yeah. Uh, let me see here. I'm, I'm trying to find it on here without being too crude. Or anything like that, but All Stars, uh, you know, on uh, what is it? I ten, I ten, De Zavala area, yeah. I think closer to Wurzbach, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's been like twenty years since I've been there, so if it closed, if it, if it closed, <laughs> it closed. You know, they have a uh, that one bar that's right behind um, All Stars. I forgot the name of it. It's some yeah. kind of a saloon or something like that. The sports bar or whatever. Oh yeah, the, they have a. Uh, it's called Nice Rack. It, well, it's changed now. It's, it's it's a different name, but either way, that's that was a staple too. We used to go th- back there in the day and watch cowboy games and whatnot. Now, Boneheads is right off yeah. to the side. Boneheads is a great place to to hang out, or it used to be back in the day. Um, I, I'm not a big strip club kind of guy. No, okay, uh, just I'm just not. Uh, I would notice you drive by All Stars. It's a big facility. No one was ever there. Everyone's at Sugars. Dude, I, what are they doing at Sugars to get that many people in there at one time? Are the ladies really that attractive? Because know. every time I drive by, I mean, it is like standing room only over there. You know, there's a, it's a big line. They have a longer line to get a table at, at uh, Sugars than they do at Texas Roadhouse. You know, <laughs> Texas Roadhouse, I went yesterday. They're like, it'll be an hour and a half. I'm like, I'm not going to wait here an hour and a half. At Texas Roadhouse? Yeah. Damn. So, but uh, you, you drive by Sugars, and I went to Sugars like, 20 years ago, it used to be called Sharky's back in the day. Oh, it was a, I would think it was some type of, uh, it was a nightclub. Nightclub. It had the shark on there and then they switched the name over. And I met while I was at that place. Ooh, bonus tall tale. Oh, God, man. I met Vanilla Ice. Oh, my God. And I had a nice conversation with Vanilla Ice. I was on the job reporting for KBB at the time and he was having dinner and I was interviewing. So I did not have dinner with him. But I interviewed him while he was having dinner over at Sharky's before a concert. He's getting a five dollar steak. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, it wasn't a strip club then; it was just a nightclub. But I got yeah. to hang out with Vanilla Ice for about ten or fifteen minutes, get to know him a little bit. He was very, very nice. He was talking to me back then about wanting to get into real estate, and he oh, became yeah, yeah. he became big in Florida about real estate. He did. By the way, Ice Ice Baby is having a bit of a renaissance. I don't know if you follow TikTok. Uh, and Ice Ice Baby, apparently people are going back in time. Kids right now, when I say kids right now, I'm talking about teenagers, you know, middle school, say seventh grade to 10th grade. If you look at what they're listening to right now and going back in time, it's interesting what they're catching on to because think about when we were in our, our teenage years, right? I'm class of 95, so I would listen to like the Eagles because my cousins told me to. I yeah. would listen to uh the doors because they told me to you, you go back to the 60s and 70s uh there's certain artists that you would latch on to whether it be the commodores or for me it was like the commodores uh chicago but but on the rock side queen 
you know, on the rock side, Rolling Stones, Led Zeppelin, the stuff that I would listen to growing up, right? But you look at it now. You have people who are in who are teens right now, the year 2024. When they go back 20 or 30 years, what are they listening to? My 11-year-old daughter right now is big into Britney Spears, <laughs> which is weird because I never thought she'd latch on to that. They like old Britney. They like old Britney. Yeah. They need a womanizer and, and oops, I did it again and all that stuff, right? Yeah. Work, bitch, you know, all that stuff. And I don't care. That's fine. You know, I'm not going to judge well, her on She did have that cameo. Was it in the Black Eyed Peas uh, song? Where they have that uh, name. Can't, that I can't up. get enough. And it says it's Britney, bitch. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's and, where they get that. From. And there's three songs that say Britney, bitch. Yeah. And that's one of them. Yeah. Um, And that's actually one of the ones that she likes. My oldest daughter, who's 20 years old, you know, now a college grad. I go back in time. She used to like listening to so- stuff like um, Paramore, like old school Paramore. You know, when, when they first came <laughs> out, I found it to be interesting. This has to be the comment of the day here. Mike Cavazos. Did Mike- I come? When well, did you collaborate a listen? <laughs> Ice is back with a brand new edition. Something grabs a hold of me tightly. Oh my god! Will this podcast ever stop? I don't know. Sorry, great artist Mike <laughs> <laughs> Garrett coming in from the Netherlands. Man, we do sports, pop culture, nostalgia, but today we're doing pop culture and nostalgia, and maybe some sports. Uh, no, but uh, so going back in time, it, TikTok right now is showing that, that young kids are gravitating towards artists like. Britney Spears. They're gravitating yeah. towards artists like Limp Biscuit. Like I'm surprised they haven't. Uh, Lincoln Park. The Spice Girls haven't made it into the fray. Yeah, maybe, I, I mean, dude. I was a baby Spice guy, dude. Oh my, Emma Bunton. <laughs> Emma Bunton did it for me, baby dude. Spice. I'll tell you what I want. What I really, really want. I wanted Baby Spice. Oh, you wanted some which baby one? Which one was your, which one was your favorite? I don't know, man. Baby Spice was kind of cute, man. Sporty Spice was cute too. Sporty Spice today is the hottest. Well, actually, no. Uh, Sporty and probably Scary Spice are the two hottest ones today. Yeah. Uh, but Emma Button, uh, I'm trying to show her some photos of her right now. She's not really in the public eye anymore. No, she she isn't. But Baby Spice was my girl, dude. Baby Spice. That was, was your my, jam. That was my jam. <laughs> and, and, and don't be wrong. Don't be wrong. Ginger Spice was super hot. Super hot. Jesus Rivera says, uh, "Rise against the machine, a rise against rather." Sorry, I thought I. I'm sorry, I I, I confused too because I read the, Breaking Benjamin. I read I, I read that too fast. Breaking Benjamin, Nickelback, Paramore, uh, AF1. AF1. I was born in '95. Uh, it's it's interesting to see uh, what young people listen to. Uh, dude, artists like Limp Biscuit are getting love these days. And you know what? Old Limp Biscuit was old... one of these bands that was never I I that really didn't care for them, bro. Yeah. You know? Eminem is also getting some love right now. Uh old school Dre uh right. is getting some love right now. Not so much Snoop, but Dr. Dre's stuff. Yeah. Because you know, Dre back in the day, I knew him more as a producer. I mean, I know he had his stuff, he had his own uh yeah. his own albums and whatnot. But to me, he was always a producer, but his actual rhymes right now are being loved. Um, it, it's it's interesting, you know. My my daughter Gabby, uh, going back in time and listening <clears throat> to music with her. That's what I bonded with her over was music, you know. And she loves New Edition, you know. She loves music from twenty thirty years ago. It just so happens that music from twenty thirty years from ago from today is mid nineties to two thousand five, and we're gonna see a Super Bowl this weekend, Super Bowl fifty eight in Las Vegas with Usher performing. 
and Usher is timeless. I've said this many times on this show and on San Antonio Sports Star that if you brought Usher in a time machine, he never existed, but we brought him on a time machine and we brought a 20-year-old Usher today and released all his songs from the late 90s, they'd all be hits today. Yeah. It is timeless music. So I'm super excited to see Usher this weekend at the Super Bowl. Man, this is one uh, where I'm kind of getting off subject, but I thought this was hilarious because I keep seeing stuff like this on TikTok, and I think it's on Instagram. So there's this guy that's called Grandpa Gaming, right? Clips. And he's like a he's like old as hell, dude. He's I think he's near 90, 76, 70 something. And he's a gamer and he plays Call of Duty, right? And the funny thing is that he used to be a sniper for the military back in the day. Yeah. So he's just sniping kids in the Call of Duty. And he the way he just laughs about it while he's killing <laughs> the little kids, you know, on the screen, just sniping them from far away. He's like, Oops, you're dead. And he's like, he should have zigged when he should have zagged. And he's laughing. And they're like, That's not fair. This guy's just like laying waste to these kids that are all in the Call of Duty. You know, it's it's not fair. I, I know Call of Duty is a is a video <laughs> game, but it this reminds me of a story of back in the day when uh my friend Howard uh went into the military. And when he came back, I don't know if he was on vacation or what he was doing, uh, but we all decided to go paintballing. Oh, man. And, you know, we're going out there as teenagers going out there. And my friend is already <laughs> military trained. He beat the shit out of all of us. I paintball, dude. <laughs> Y'all had welts all over. <laughs> uh, tall tale time. So last night was the Grammys. And uh, it reminded me of the fact that I've been to an award show. Have you ever been to an award show before? I've been to award shows before. Really? Yeah. It, it, anything? Anything cool? Nothing cool, man. It's just like you know, it's it is what it is. It's it's to me, they're boring. Yeah, I'm not really into it. Well, I know that here in San Antonio, we've always had the Latin Grammys. Have sometimes they have no awards, Billboard you know, Music Awards, kind of and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, I was taking a look at the fact that I went to the Billboard Music Awards in Las Vegas. Oh, in this 2011. is your tall tale. This is my tall tale. Now, the thing is, is that when I went, I was in Vegas for a, a wedding. Yeah. So a friend of mine was getting married. And what I do whenever I go out of town, doesn't matter if I go to New Orleans, Dallas, L.A., wherever. I always go on this website called Polestar, and it basically lists all the concerts that are in the area. Yeah. Whether it be comedy shows, theater, uh, concerts, whatever. And it said 2011 Billboard Music Awards. And I was like. Do they actually sell tickets to that? Because whenever you watch it, they they don't show the stands. Yeah, they show the people that are the musicians or the yeah, performers sitting down and everything. So I went over there and I got tickets, and I went to the performance over at the MGM Grand Arena. Here's who performed that night. Talk to talk about a show, Joe. Yeah. I'm looking at the list of performers. Rihanna and Britney Spears opened up with the song S and M. Black Eyed Peas sang a medley of Dirty Bit, Just Can't Get Enough, Boom Boom Pow, and I Got a Feeling. Keith Urban performed. Pitbull and Neo, Give Me Everything is what they performed. Beyonce, uh, Who Runs the World, Girls. Uh, Mickey Echo <laughs> performed with CeeLo Green. They did uh, Crazy and Forget You. Lady Antebellum performed. Tayo Cruz, One Republic, and Snoop Dogg performed. Mary J. Blige, Lil Wayne, Kesha uh, sang Blow, which was amazing, by the way. Nicki Minaj performed Super Bass, and Neil Diamond 
was also one of the performers. I was in the audience there at the MGM Grand, and the tall tale goes like this. I was about 25 to 30 feet away from Rihanna. Oh, man. And the thing is, she was sitting, she was standing next to this cute blonde girl, but that cute blonde girl got drowned out by the beauty, the statuesque nature, the inspiring beauty of Rihanna. That blonde girl, by the way, was Britney Spears. Not oh. whacked out crazy Britney Spears. In her prime. Yes. All right. But Rihanna was so beautiful. She was stunning. Dude, earth shattering. Hey, didn't and, you and, almost see Rihanna? I think you had a, when you were with ESPN back in the day, didn't you all go to Vegas? What's that again? Did, when you were back with ESPN back in the day, you went to Vegas one time, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. So Rihanna, Rihanna, was, Rihanna there. was there. Uh, yeah. I was supposed to go with Carolina Teague to the Rihanna um, presser. Yeah. But I had my show to do. Oh, okay. So by the time my show was done, I tried making my way into the press conference room to go see Rihanna. But by then, it was standing room only, and oh, they had closed the doors yeah. and all that stuff. So I didn't get a chance to, to, see uh, to do that. Now, yeah. uh, you know, people are saying, oh, well, he managed <clears throat> you're, you know, Jesus Rivera, 30 feet, you're 30 feet away from everyone at any given time. Yeah, have you been around 30 feet away from a superstar like Rihanna? Someone that attractive, that talented? <laughs> Shut the hell up, dude. Look at this one, dude. Your flip phone didn't take pics to capture the message. <laughs> 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 yeah, my Motorola Razor was not working that day. Oh man. <laughs> uh no, but uh it was actually uh it was one of those things where uh for some reason, even though this all took place at MGM Grand, I remember seeing her at Planet Hollywood Casino. Now she wasn't there playing the slots or anything like that. They had like a red carpet type of thing going on where a lot of the musicians were going by and doing press and all that stuff. Uh, but it was pretty wide open, and I was not expecting to see her. I just remember going through the casino, seeing a lot of commotion, looking back and going, oh, my God, I, I, I have a direct line of sight to Rihanna. Look at Matt Lerma. That's your most believable tall tale. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Matt. You finally you, – you, uh, you uh, believe one out of 30. All of them are true, by the way. All of them are true. Man, did you see what they're doing on the Dan Libertard uh, show with Stugatz? They just posted something like 29 minutes ago. It says, help us fill out our our mass Vegas bingo card. So they're playing bingo. I guess they're out there for uh, media, in the media row and all yeah. that for the Super Bowl. It, it's pretty ingenious, dude. I, I like this. Like, if we ever go there to Vegas, like during this this thing, you know, to cover as as members of the media, maybe next year. Right. We'll have a bingo card of our own. That's funny, dude. <laughs> Who is Mike going to meet? <laughs> Who am I, what celebrity am I going to bump into? Uh, I bumped into Stu Gotts when I was in at the Super Bowl Radio Row last really? year. How was he? Uh, dude, the guy was so funny. I was drunk off my ass, oh, God. dude. Uh, I was, I, and I hate to say it that way, but there's a party that we would go over to over there at um, uh, at, at Super Bowl Radio Row. Uh, there's, it's, it's called the. Uh, Mike Ditka, Ron Jaworski party. It's called the 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 Ditka Jaws party, and it's to benefit uh, the NFL football players who need help with health insurance and medical treatment because they played in the '60s and '70s and '80s and didn't have the coverage like they do now. Yeah, and uh, you go over there and you start meeting a bunch of people over there, and 
it costs 500 bucks to get in. San Antonio Sports Star was sponsored by a company to go over there. It was a small batch Southern Pork Ryan's, I believe okay. is what it was. Okay. And uh, so you go around, and it's like, you know, I, I ran into Eric Dickerson. Took photos with Eric Dickerson. The year before, I had a cigar with Byron Scott. Damn. You know, uh, that was pretty cool. Um, Kyle Turley of the Saints, I would always bump into. I've taken photos with him. He follows me on Twitter for crying out loud. Good guy, man. Good guy. They're asking, is Matt unblocked? Yes, Matt is unblocked. Man. Somebody <laughs> posted on Twitter that they were trying to get out of Matt Larimer's space, Twitter space, and almost blocked him. Uh, and they were like, <laughs> not to come to Jimena's defense, but as I was trying to exit out, it asked me if I wanted to block you. Oh. And uh, so so there's a little bit of truth. Maybe, maybe Jimenez wasn't lying. Maybe Jimenez didn't wake up one day and say, you know what? I'm going to block Matt Lerma for no particular reason. Look at this. James Molina. Limp Biscuit, Terrible music. No lies detected, man. No lies detected. It, it didn't do anything for me, man. No, man. That, that stuff is just like nails on the chalkboard, bro. I'm going the other way. We can talk sports today. Yeah, we're gonna talk sports today. We, we have to. We're kind of a sports show. Do we have to? We're we are forty three minutes in. Well, we got to mention. I mean, we have some things we can talk about. You have the the question that you were asking about Devin Vassell and Joel Embiid. So we'll finish it off there. Okay. Well, this reminds me of the time that uh, you know I like doing this podcast with you because yeah. we we can tell we can talk about what we want to talk about anything anything right and. I remember being at San Antonio Sports Star, and they would tell you, we need more of this. We need more of that. So before they moved to 94.1, we had the ability, Rudy J, myself, the Blitz guys, you know, we had the ability to, to do whatever show we wanted to do. Yeah. If I wanted to do a nostalgic movie <clears> review, <throat> I could. And then when it went to 94.1, corporate took over, and it just, you know, it just became a, it, make, it became difficult. And they wanted us to talk about Cowboys all the time, oh, right? And, and Cowboys talk is fine for a significant chunk of the show but it was a little bit much but to be a dick one time i decided to do <laughs> all three hours of cowboys no i did God, a three-hour cowboys show just to be a dick to walk out of there because i was angry to say hey did i talk enough cowboys today because i did the entire three hours of it and they're like well we want you to mix it up i'm like well shit when i do mix it up I'm being bitched at. When I do too much of it, I'm being bitched at. It just seems like people just want to complain. Yeah. That was the funniest thing. Did you see this bullshit that's going on right now? It's coming out on Oxygen. I think it's something about uh, behind the scenes or kind of like secrets between Yolanda Salvador and Selena. The secrets between them. It's a, a new series or something that's going to be coming out, man. It's on Oxygen True Crime. And they are not going to go ahead and defame the queen's name, a queen of Latino music here, Selena, by letting Yolanda Salvador talk. Like, why, dude? Okay, well, Yolanda Salvador more than likely will be released from prison. She will. In the next year or so. It's been 30 years. Think about this way. Uh, Selena was, what, 23 years old when she died? 23? Yeah, she was young, dude. She's been dead longer than when she was alive. Okay, she's been dead for 30 years. And... I'm not saying that Yolanda Saldivar should be released from prison. I just say that them's the rules. She served her time. And she's apparently a model citizen in jail that's going to allow her to get out. And I wonder where does she go? 
she's going to open her mouth and probably go out there and try to make a quick buck, you know? And, and the thing is, it's like, why even give this person the time of day? She's a freaking murderer. She killed the queen of Latino because, music. Because we, I'm like, we live in the world of true crime. I ain't watching this shit, dude. Dude, I mean, there are actual channels dedicated to true crime. You know, Dateline's been around for 30 years, for crying out loud. People love to hear this. Ted Bundy becomes a big deal. You know, BTK yeah. and all <laughs> of these serial killers. I understand what you're saying, right? Yeah. But then again, there's also the religion that is Selena Quintanilla. Um, we never got to see a legit story of her because that Jennifer Lopez movie was probably probably 90% bullshit. Yeah. Okay. I would have liked to have seen a Selena movie that was not family involved, that was done with research and all that stuff because they basically made her a martyr. And maybe she deserved to be a martyr. I maybe she was that good of a person. I don't know, right? Uh, but whenever the story is being told by family only, you're gonna get only a family perspective of things. Yeah. So true. maybe she had a personality that wasn't angelic. Maybe there was a, a a side to her that was different that we don't know about. Maybe yeah. that it existed. Yeah, you know what's funny, man? <clears throat> I'm over here because I'm kind of parched. I'm over, I asked my wife when they went to the HB the other day. And I said, hey, can you get me a, a Coke Zero? Coke Zero, like, you know, the little cans, the 12-pack? Yeah. She comes back because you know women want to save money. And she brings me back H-E-B Zero <laughs> Original Cola. I'm like, what the shit is this, man? I'm like, I'm going to drink it because she already bought it, you know? But I'm like, low-key, this shit ain't half bad, bro. <laughs> yeah, it's like going to Costco and then you, you see the sodas that I have there for 25 cents. We go to yeah. Walmart. What is this? You know, <laughs> it, it, it's not even a Dr. Pepper because it's like a, um, uh, it, 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 it's like Mr. Pib. Hey, you know what, man? Don't the, be... the dude doesn't even have his doctorate. Yeah, don't, don't even be discounting that, dude. I'm going to tell you all, man, low-key, me and my niece, our go-to drink sometimes. Yeah. Because we just crave it. Diet Dr. B from H-E-B, man. Low-key, it's I've like, never it slaps, that. bro. It slaps hard. Me and my niece, sometimes we're like, you want to go get a Diet Dr. B? <laughs> <laughs> so real quick, the Spurs are now starting the rodeo road trip on Wednesday. Nine games, starts in Miami, goes to Orlando, then Brooklyn, uh, Toronto, Dallas. Then they go on the All-Star break. They're on the road again, Sacramento, L.A., Utah, Minnesota. They don't come back to San Antonio until February 29th. Yeah, that's a long time. Nine games, I think it is. Nine games in total. Spurs have lost four games in a row, and they had a huge stretch there. If I'm not mistaken, I believe uh, Ty Yeager on, on Twitter was saying that the Spurs played seven games in ten nights. Yeah, they played a lot of games, dude, and it just didn't bode well for them. And the Spurs lost... Uh, two games over the weekend. They lost to New Orleans, one fourteen to one thirteen. Let's talk about that because okay, that, that that's has where I caused go. controversy. Well, okay, I appreciate you saying that because they, then they got their ass kicked by the Cleveland Cavaliers yeah. uh, the next day. And I was there for that game. So, so I have on my screen over here. I'm going to call up on my screen over yeah, here. Let me go ahead and share it. The somebody that I respect in sports media, he and I did not get along early on, uh, but Don Harris of uh, News Four San Antonio. Yeah been around for a long time don harris and i started to get along about a year ago and he was a longtime listener of my show he loved my show and he would always comment about it whenever he would see me yeah and 
I was following him this weekend because some of the things that he was talking about when it came to Devin Vassell kind of piqued my interest. Yeah. Spurs lost a game by one point to the New Orleans Pelicans. The big storyline that you see on ESPN is Zion Williamson goes out there and and scores with three and a half seconds yeah, to he go. Got a steal went down the court and over three people. Yeah. It was a beautiful. It was a beautiful layup. He tries that layup nine times out of ten, he misses it. Yeah, but he made it. Spurs lose, right? But Don Harris starts to go off on Devin Vassell, who I call my son. <laughs> He's the best player on the Spurs team, right? Not now. named Victor Wembanyama. Yeah. Okay. He was the best player on the Spurs team when the season started in October. Yeah. Uh, Devin Vassell, uh, who. I think people give him a lot of shit this year because they wanted him to take a leap. Jeff Garcia from Locked on Spurs and Ken's Five, but don't forget to follow him on Twitter at Jeff G Spurs Zone. Uh, I also follow him on Spotify as well. We had a conversation on Locked on Spurs about this. Devin Vassell, I think, is frustrating uh, Spurs fans, not because he's playing poorly. It's because he didn't take another leap. He's playing just as good as he did last year, which is a good player. Yeah. But we wanted him to be an even bigger player. So Don Harris starts tweeting about this, and this comment that Don Harris says speaks volumes to me. And it says, Devin Vassell's postgame comments lead me to believe that he still thinks he's the Spurs Batman and Wemby is Robin instead of the other way around. Pop said the preference would have been to throw it at the rim and go dunk it. The play was drawn up to do just that. Vassell said, I was open, so I took it. The biggest concern is that he said he would do that every time. No shot attempts by Victor Wembanyama the final seven minutes. It is mind-boggling to me. Don Harris then also shows a photo of this whole thing. Again, Zion Williamson makes a bucket with three and a half seconds to go to give the Spurs one more chance to win the game. And Vassell... Shoots it from 28 feet out. How many feet is he behind the three-point line at this point? Six. You know? He is six feet behind the line, right? And you see an open Victor Wembanyama, And the video shows Wemby is, is, is rolling towards the basket. And Vassell's like, fuck this. I'm just going to chuck it from here. Even if he passed it at that point in time when he caught the ball in his hands, there was probably like eighth of a second, four-tenths of a second left on the clock. It would have just been a touch, you know, by by Wemby to kind of push it in that direction can, of the basket. You can get a lot done in four. But seconds. I'm saying, if it's point eight, point four, it's enough for you to touch the ball and kind of at least, you know, get it off fast enough where you can bank it off the back of the rim. Get this off the, sc- off you know? the screen real fast. I'm gonna find it real fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the Spurs Pelicans, right? Spurs Pelicans, and and the thing is, <clears throat> we've been to games. I've been to a lot of Spurs games this year, and one of the things that I've seen, and if you can even watch this, even if you're not at a game, you're watching the game on TV. Coach Pop and the players, yeah, they make little to no effort to help Wemby out when he gets the ball inside the paint. Well, I, I have the video up here. Okay, so Spurs up 111-110. Trey Jones at the line, goes out there, knocks in a bucket. This is all courtesy of Valley Sports, by the way. Um, up three, 43 seconds to go. Uh, New Orleans gets the ball back. It's an easy dunk right there. Yep, Zion get, gets the game within one with 28.5 seconds to go. Spurs go out there and miss a layup. Zion on the break over three players. 3.8 seconds to go. 
Advance the ball. Sohan brings the ball in. Vassell goes, no, Vassell had three seconds. Boom. <laughs> okay, first of all, uh, I, I think that answers our question here because by the time he shot the ball and he missed it, there was still time on the clock. How much time? There was three-tenths of a, of a second still on the clock when the ball hit the rim. So if you, if you look at it here, Sohan brings the ball in from the 28-foot marker. S Vassell grabs the ball. Dude, Wemby's wide open. He had about a two, a second, little over a second and a half to get the ball off to Wemby if you wanted to. Because <clears throat> he had sucked the defense out beyond the three-point line. Wemby had a clear path to the basket. He could have gotten the ball off in time. Uh, but the problem with this whole thing is, again, when I've, I've been at the games, and you can even watch at home when you're watching the games, look what happens every time that Wemby gets the ball inside the paint. He's left alone. Nobody really comes out and sets a pick for him, sets a screen for him. They're not really running plays for Wemby at all. Coach Pop isn't interested in winning, period, this year. Right. Because they've been full-on tanking. Spurs fans need to, you know, come to their senses and understand what's going on. They're not – they're the big thing with the San Antonio Spurs this year, and by them not helping Wemby when he gets the ball inside the paint and them not feeding him the ball in the correct positions, Coach Pop is saying – we're just going to let you go out there and just get points. If you can get 20-something points by playing a little over seven minutes every quarter, great. But the thing is, we're not trying to win games. And if you go and look and see what happened during that play down the stretch, why didn't they just inbound the ball to the tallest guy on the court? I, I see what you're saying, because at that point, they gave Vassell the decision to do what he needed to do. Exactly. I think what Don Harris is saying now, by the way, Matt Larimer reaches out to us on our YouTube stream and says, this is slander. Do us a favor. Can you please expand on that? Because I want to know where you're going with that, because that, that's interesting. Uh, Tim Gonzalez says he was really wide open talking about Victor Wembanyama. I mean, yeah. the guy was rolling towards the basket. So there's there's two parts to this whole thing. There's three parts to this whole thing that Don Harris brought up. Issue number one was the fact that it was drawn up for Wemby. They took a timeout. They drew a play. Vassell called an audible. The second thing was Vassell was not apologetic afterwards, saying, yeah. I'd do it again. I was wide open. The third thing was Victor Wembanyama had no shot attempts the last seven minutes of the game that he was on the court. They tanking, dude. They ain't trying to win. No, that's not tanking. What Don Harris is saying is, because if they were tanking, they wouldn't have been up by five points with a minute to go in the game. They just they're 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 not tanking. What he's saying is, is that Vassell believes that he's the alpha on the team. Vassell believes that he's the best player on the team, and that Wemby is his backup. That he that Wemby's the 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 Robin. Yeah, and I get Don is saying that. That's Don's observation about what's going on. I get that. He's entitled this to This team to is say not that. tanking. They're trying to win. But the thing is, when you have players taking their own shots, that tells you there's dysfunction out there on the court, especially in crunch time. But that dysfunction's not not based on tanking. It's I'm just saying, there's dysfunction at the end of games with this team. They don't know how to win. You know, that's the problem with this Spurs team. And the thing is, is we've talked about this before. If you don't bring in any type of veteran leadership in the offseason, make a concerted effort to get rid of some of the pieces that aren't working and using some of that draft capital to bring in some of these veterans, you're setting the team up for failure further down the line. Because 
you're letting this team get used to losing. They don't know what it's like to win. And this is the thing that's disheartening at times because you have players like Devin Vassell at the, you know, and I'm not knocking him for what he did. He wanted to win the game. He's like, I had an open shot. I took it. Right. He was thinking that's the best. That was the best option for, for the team. And that, and that split, what, three seconds that were left on the clock. The thing is he wants to win. Wemby wants to win. You know, they want to find ways to win games. But the problem is, is that they make poor decisions down the stretch, just as we saw with Devin Vassell. Now, you know? Matt Lerma is expanding on his comment because I, I asked him to. Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, he says this is slanderous. OK, uh, I, I think he's making mention of Don Harris's yeah. opinion uh, take. Of, yeah. of Devin Vassell. Uh, he says from Devin's point of view, it's a tough pass to make. We had 20 turnovers. How many times? Have we not gotten a shot off because we made a pass instead of taking the shot? I understand that, Matt. Really, I do. But if this was like a thing where they were bringing the ball up the court and he passed up on that and, and took the shot instead, that's one thing. But that was why they called the timeout. They called the timeout to draw the play up. Vassell said, screw the play. I'm going to shoot it. That's the thing. Because they they designed they designed this as a play, yeah. And it's not like Wemby was covered by two or three people; he was wide open. So this is not a a, a slanderous thing. I'll disagree with you slightly on this. I just think that Wemby just told Pop to go screw himself, <laughs> and I think he he came out there and said, uh, "This is my team. I, I'm the veteran here." Jonathan C. asked the question, can rookies in the NBA be the leader? Well, I mean, by far, Wimby's the best player on this team. And I, Julian Champagne, by the way, is playing himself out of the NBA. Pops was starting him. Here is, uh, as starter, averaging a little bit more than 20 minutes per game. Oh, I've seen the stats, dude. <laughs> uh, three points against the Thunder, five against the Blazers, uh, four against the T-Wolves, three against the Wizards, zero against the Magic, five against the Pelicans, and a whopping eight against the Cavaliers. But Coach Pop will tell you he's out there because of his defense. Yeah, that's absolute crap. <laughs> that's absolute crap. I'm like, Pop, come on, man. I was there at the game on Saturday when they were playing against the Cavs, and this team just looked uninspired and disinterested from the yeah. get-go. They played Horrible basketball out of the start, out of the gate. It was just flat. Yeah, flat. That, that Cleveland game, I was watching it over at uh, uh, at the Pearl. And yeah. uh, it was uh, not fun to watch. It really wasn't. Hey, don't forget to follow Jeff Garcia from Locked on Spurs and Ken's 5. Guess who's the guest today? Who is the guest? Me. Me and Jeff, uh, we came together here over the weekend, and we went ahead and recorded an episode of Los. And we're previewing. The Spurs rodeo uh, road trip. Nice. And we're asking the question that Victor Wembyama gets snubbed in the NBA All-Star Reserve uh, voting and whatnot. And I was telling Spurs fans, you know, hey, you might want to brace yourselves on this rodeo road trip. And to go ahead and go more in depth in that, you got to watch today's episode at Locked on Spurs. Outstanding. Outstanding. Yeah. Jeff does a very, really good job. And we're talking daily content when it comes to the Spurs during yeah. the regular season. Uh, he just posted a story on Ken's5.com. You can also see this on Twitter, uh, slash X, whatever you want to call it these days, at Jeff G Spurzone on Twitter and on threads as well. Uh, says uh, Jeff says that he talks with Trey Jones about his role as the SYBL ambassador, his thoughts on females in sports, and 
his potential future in coaching a Q&O with Trey Jones at the Spurs Youth League Ambassador. Uh, again, this is on kens5.com. You can follow Jeff Garcia on Twitter. He has a link to it as well at Jeff G Spurs Zone. Um, Vassell, man, I he's he's my guy. He's my guy, and I I kind of like the fact I respect that he wants to carry this team, but this isn't his team anymore. He needs to realize that that was Wemby's game to win, not his. Not at all. It's a team in influx right now. They're young. Everybody wants to try to win. They make, you know, sometimes you make poor decisions, but it gets amplified now because of the advent of social media and everybody has an opinion afterwards. It was a poor decision. Yeah, it was. But at the end of the day, you got to learn from it, move on. Hopefully, at some point down the road here, you're going to learn to actually win games. Right. You know, and you want to see the trajectory pointing up. I know a lot of people have gone on that follow the Spurs and said, hey, the team is playing better, that they're on an upward trajectory. That might be true, but at the end of the day, the team's going to be gauged or judged based on wins. And right now, you can count the number of wins on two hands. Doesn't bode well for the team's future. We have Garrett in the Netherlands watching today. We also have Jason Garcia watching from Portland, Oregon, formerly of San Antonio. He's from he's a San Antonio, but he moved out to Portland for uh, his uh, job out there. What's going on, Jason? Uh, let's talk a little bit more about the NBA. A couple of things to talk about. Uh, Joel Embiid is uh, going to be out for quite some time. According to CBS Sports, ESPN, and USA Today, Joel Embiid will undergo a knee procedure and miss an extended period of time. Joel Embiid expected to miss a minimum of one month, but more than likely it's going to be two months worth of games. Philadelphia is one of the better teams in the Eastern Conference. Joel Embiid was on track to potentially be the MVP this season. Uh, he's a great player, but the guy always gets hurt. And it's so difficult sometimes when you see players that are that are snake bitten when it comes to health. And, and you know, we, we, we argue all the time about things like load management and whether teams should actually do that or not. Uh, but Joel Embiid is somebody that maybe you should do it for because kind of like Kawhi Leonard tends to be injured. Dude, this season, averaging 35.3 points per game, 11 rebounds, and nearly six assists on 53% shooting, also knocking down threes at almost 37%. Joel Embiid arguably having one of the greatest games, one of the greatest seasons of his career, uh, named to the All-Star team again this year, uh, but obviously he's going to sit out. Uh, Seven-time All-Star. This is a guy that is going to be missed by the uh, Philadelphia 76ers as they try to figure out what they're going to do to end the season. But if he is out for two months, guess what happens in two months? The playoffs start. The playoffs start at the end of April. So he might be back in time. uh, But the question becomes, is he going to be healthy enough or ready enough to make it happen? Right now, Philadelphia at 30 and 18, the five seed in the Eastern Conference. Uh, The odds of them falling out of, you know, the top 10, it's going to be very difficult because, you know, to make the play in right now, the 11 seed is 20 and 28. And right now, Philadelphia is like 10 games better than them. Yeah. So they can at least still hang around. The question is going to become, can they win enough games to not be in the play-in tournament and finish in the top six? That's going to be tougher than without Embiid. Embiid brings so much to that particular team, especially 
with his inside presence inside the paint and the ability to jump out, you know, beyond the, the three-point line and knock down some jumpers there or knock down some three, should I say. So they're going to miss him. But I think the team is still, you know, salvageable for what they have left. And they can go ahead and limp their way into the playoffs. Maybe they'll mm-hmm. dip down a little bit, sixth, seventh seed. You know, maybe they have to play in the play and tourney for their playoff lives. But, hey, at least they'll give themselves a chance. And they'll probably be a home team. Yeah, the, the seven exactly. or eight. Uh, looking at the Western Conference standings right now, Golden State is on track right now to be a lottery team. There's no surprise there, man. They have not been very good at all this season. And I'm going to ask you a question, Joe, because I'm looking at the standings. Yeah. Who would have thought that the top three seeds in the Western Conference right now would be Oklahoma City, Minnesota, and the L.A. Clippers? So I'm going to ask you a question right now. The one seed right now, based on winning percentage at 35 and 15, they're both tied with this record. By the way, one game separates the top four teams right now in the West. Oklahoma City, Minnesota, 35 and 15 each. Would you take those two guys, those two teams, or would you take the rest of the field in the Western Conference? Because it just feels weird going, Oklahoma City, great team. Potentially, you know, an MVP candidate SGA. J-Dub is playing out of his mind. Giddy's a good player. Chet is doing his thing. Minnesota, man, they look good, dude. That Minnesota team is, is, is a very, very solid team for the future. I know they struggled against the Spurs, but still, yeah, it, it is a good team. <clears throat> I have a hard time seeing Oklahoma City or Minnesota making their way out of the West. Like, to me, it looks like fool's gold. I would cheer for them because I want to see small market teams win. But I look at Denver at 35 and 16. Are they playing possum right now? Are they just sitting there going, we're just going to make the tournament, make the (laughs) playoffs, and then we'll take it up a notch? What about a team like Sacramento at 29 and 19? Currently a five seed out there. Like the bean. You know, they always light the beam after every yep. win. Yeah. I like Sacramento. I like Sacramento. I think they're a, a sneaky team that really nobody wants to see in the playoffs because they went far last season and they pretty much still have some of those key pieces intact. And they are they have a very good coach as well. I think they can still go ahead and make a deeper run. The Nuggets are just biding their time for all intents and purposes. If you want to go ahead and be the NBA champ, you got to take out the champ. The mm-hmm. Nuggets are still going to be favored in my eyes to be the contenders to go ahead and repeat the thunder timberwolves clippers fools gold to me thunder they're very young and experienced when they get into the playoffs and they get pushed they're probably going to fold same thing with the timberwolves they always you know look good sometimes during the regular season but when they get to the playoffs it just seems like they can't make make it over the hump clippers Who's going to be healthy for the Clippers? You know, <laughs> Paul George is always out. He's he always, always out. Kawhi is always, always out. out. I mean, come on. They're going to fall apart. You know, you know, uh, that Minnesota team is spicy. I think that Anthony Edwards might take it up a level. He might be what we think John Morant actually is. You know, he might be more of a John Morant than John Morant is John Morant, if that makes any sense. I'm taking a look right now at the draft lottery right now. Detroit. Washington and San Antonio have the three worst records in the NBA right now, which would give them the best chances, a 14% chance like last year to win the number one overall pick. 
a 52% chance to be in the top four. Charlotte, Portland, and then Toronto are three, four, five, and six. The Spurs have Toronto's first round draft pick this year. It is top six protected. When you look at the odds, though, of that happening, it's almost 50 50 of the Spurs getting that particular pick because it is top 20, top six protected. And right now, Minnesota has a, let's see, to add it up 30 plus 20 is 50 plus four. 54 Spurs have a 54% chance basically a coin flip as of right now of getting two first round draft picks this year that might bode well for the team but again you start getting these young draft picks your team is just instantly getting younger they're going in the opposite direction you know I know that you want to build for the future but you also need to go ahead and have some veteran pieces so no matter who they wind up drafting this year I don't know if they're going to see much playing time, you know, they might spend some time in the G league. So again, Spurs fans are going to get excited, you know, of the possibilities, but the Spurs, if they have two first round picks, if they have somebody, let's say at number three, and then they have somebody at seven or eight getting that Toronto pick, they're going to go ahead and draft best available player. They're not going to draft for the need of the team. So if they need a point guard, we need everything. And there's not a point guard at number three. They're going to draft what? Another forward? You know, they're going to draft a shooting guard. If there's somebody at number seven and they need a wing player and they get another guard, Spurs fans are going to be up in arms. <laughs> but I'm just saying when you're drafting, you know, in the top 10, the teams most likely draft best available player. They're not drafting for needs. Now, the NBA trade deadline is this Thursday. So we've got three days to figure out if the Spurs are going to be making any moves. Are we going to pick up more draft capital? Are we actually going to pick up a, a, a player or two? Lots of people on Twitter are theorizing that maybe Killian Hayes yeah. could become a Spur. We already have a, a point guard that doesn't shoot threes very well. His name is Trey Jones. And he doesn't play very good defense. He's yeah. undersized at his position. So right now, there have been a handful of trades so far this year uh, before things get going, right? So we had, on December 30th, we had a trade between the Knicks and the Raptors. Uh, the Knicks got OG Ananubi uh, and Precious Anchiwa for R.J. Barrett and Emmanuel Quickly and a second rounder. We saw a four-team trade between the Pistons and Wizards that was kind of weak. Uh, Mid-January, Pascal Siakam was traded from Toronto to the Pacers in exchange for Bruce Brown, uh, Kira Lewis, and two first-rounders. Uh, Terry Rozier was traded from the Hornets to the Heat for Kyle Lowry and a first rounder. And then we saw last week, Steven Adams traded to the Houston Rockets. The Grizzlies in exchange got Victor Oladipo and three second round picks. Guy, I've always wanted Steven Adams on the Spurs. I've always wanted to see that guy in silver and black. He just kind of fits the mold of what I think the Spurs need and what used to be. He should have been with the Spurs uh, back in the day, man. The Spurs should have made every attempt. This weekend, Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday, number 58, Chiefs against the Niners. We're going to have a lot of talks about that because there's so much to get into from the prop bets to, uh, man, Patrick Mahomes' dad being arrested for DUI. His third time. His third time over the weekend. Good God, get an Uber, my man. (sighs) Lots to get into when it comes to that. Uh, Let's talk about that. Patrick Mahomes' son, I mean, father, rather. It's the senior. Yeah, 54-year-old former MLB baseball player arrested in Tyler, Texas, suspicion 
of DWI. He has served prison time or jail time before. There's a difference between prison and jail. He served jail time before, was sentenced to 40 days in jail. Get this, man. He was sentenced to 40 days in jail back in 2018. Mm-hmm. He did it on the weekends. Jeez, man. I would have thought you do like all 40 like in a row. He was like, see you guys on Friday. <laughs> the heck is that? Work release. <laughs> I didn't know you could Jeez, do that. man. That's so funny. But uh, no, this is something that obviously uh, Patrick Mahomes Jr., the quarterback, would not want. But doesn't yesterday kind of dovetail into the fact that it's probably going to be that Cinderella week for both Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift? Yeah. Taylor Swift, her big night last night at the Grammys. Travis Kelsey, let's say that he wins again. Dude. They are royalty in the United States. They're the it couple right now. And you know what? I mean, she's good for for the NFL. I mean, they were even saying how many seconds they kind of like had her out there. They show her on screen at any given time during an NFL game, even like the Super Bowl. She's on screen for a a matter of like maybe under 30 seconds or less. Yeah. But even under the, you know, 30 seconds or less for a three hour game. Every time they go to, to Taylor what is the most tweeted tweeted or most talked about clip it's going to be taylor swift up there in the in the in the booth in the box you know the sky box or whatever giving high fives yelling screaming and it's good for business for the nfl because i mean she made them worth what 350 something million, million dollars more, more than what they would normally yeah. would be so i mean go ahead and keep showing her 30 seconds man is what she gets as far as airtime Every single game, and she made the NFL worth that much more money, dude. Dude, it, it, it's, it's crazy. Not, it's the same people, dude. It's the same people who bitch and moan and complain, and it's it's far right people. Dude, far left people are fucking crazy. Far right people are fucking crazy. It's the far right that hates Taylor Swift. That's yeah. all that it is. Thirty. It's seconds. not. It's not because of her music. Yeah. It's not because they hate seeing her. It, it, it's not because of of they want to watch the game. They just fucking hate her. It's yeah. because of their politics and they're assholes because of it. The far left are assholes. The far right are assholes. Everyone on the polar extremes of the political spectrum can go fuck themselves. I hate both of you guys. Uh, but man, uh, people are asking the question, you know, uh, what's it called? Uh, college basketball. When are we going to start talking about college basketball? Uh, we will. Probably this after, week. The, after the Super Bowl. We'll start reaching out this week. Yeah. So uh, the AP Top 25 is out. UConn at number one. This is on the men's side. Yeah. Uh, UConn at 18 and two, followed by Purdue. North Carolina, Houston. Uh, you see other teams like Duke at seven, Kansas at eight, Kentucky at ten. I'm talking about the Blue Bloods, like Arizona at eleven, Texas Tech at number fifteen, Baylor at eighteen, TCU at number twenty-five. Uh, I find it interesting though when you look at the bracketology. Uh, I don't know if you follow Joe Palm on CBS Sports uh, when it comes to uh, college basketball, uh, but he does a bracket prediction. And what I find interesting is that he believes that Texas is on the bubble of not even making the tournament. Wow. Texas Longhorns have, have struggled this year. I'm going to find their record real fast. Uh, they've struggled this year currently right now, four and five in the Big 12. You're not going to make the tournament if you are under 500 in your conference. Now, I do get that they're 10 and three at home and 15 and seven overall. 
but four and five in conference is not getting the job done, man. They played Houston very well. Houston more than likely will be a one seed. Texas lost to them 76 to 72 about a week ago. It, it's, it was a home game. It was a tough game, but it was a loss. You know, the week before UT beat Oklahoma, which is a ranked team. So it's kind of like, you know, you know that Texas is good enough to compete. They're just not racking up the wins, man. That's the problem. Next game for the Longhorns, home against 12th-ranked Iowa State tomorrow, 7 p.m. at the new drum over there. They got to pick up a big win, man, because after that, they go on the road against Houston. They'll play Houston again. Yeah. If they lose those two games, they're screwed. Absolutely screwed. So Texas Longhorns, got to get your act in order. Jonathan C says, but Texas have quality wins over highly ranked teams. I think they make it. Not if you are, you know, six and ten in conference. You don't make it at that point. He's talking about wins from earlier this season. I just don't see it, dude. <laughs> I don't see it yet. Yeah. We're coming up against it, Mike. Dude. Oh, shoot. It's 1140. We had a lot of Grammy talk today. That got me a going. A lot, dude. A lot of entertainment talk today. All right. Fellas, everyone have a great day today. It's Monday. Make it a great week. Uh, I'm starting my new gig in about 20 minutes at noon. So I'm excited for that. Vice president is what I've been named of the company. <laughs> Fascinating. Nice. Fascinating. Uh, but everyone have a fantastic week. Tomorrow's Tuesday. We'll try to get Carolina Teague on. Carolina Teague, by the way, has a uh, an admirer. One of the coaches of the of the teams that I refereed nice. stopped me twice to ask about her. Oh my! I'm not going to say the school. I'm not going to say the name of the coach. But uh, let's just say that Carolina Teague has a, a coach fan out there. So <laughs> interesting. Tomorrow, obviously, we'll be talking more about the uh, NBA trade deadline. We'll talk about the Super Bowl. We'll get our Super Bowl coverage beginning tomorrow. And uh, who knows? Maybe another tall tale. Another my, tall tale. My name is Mike Jimenez. That's Joe Garcia. This is the Alamo City Sportscast. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for liking. Hey, if you want to buy us a drink on the way out, buy us a coffee. It's QR code on the top right. Everyone have a great day. See ya.